How many of you were able to read the little email message or text message, I am sorry, that I uh, sent? Anybody? Everybody. Anybody have any feelings or responses to that? None. Everybody stumped. Everybody stumped. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, can one of my leaders, Bishop or TP, um, can you tell me what was it that I said that I asked for those that didn't get a chance to look? What people, you wanted to know what certain people had in common, and I was all right. Till I saw Zuri. <laughs> <laughs> Did Zuri throw you off? Okay. <laughs> Well, well I mean, the prophet, King David, that was a little questionable, but then Zuri just took it over the top. <laughs> what about Cinderella and Mrs. Luther? They I didn't, didn't even, I said Cinderella's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Let's start by looking at our theme verse, Psalm, Psalm 23. And I thank you, Giovanna, because you read it so beautifully earlier. And now we're going to look at it again. And if you'll remember, pastor preached from the first three uh, verses of that particular psalm. And so we're going to read the whole psalm, and then we're going to talk about it. Why are we talking about it, Pastor G? Why aren't we talking about something else? Well, number one, we will be talking about something else. But number two, it is our theme verse. And the, I believe that the Lord would have us to really focus in on it. Amen. To really understand what it means. This is a piece of, we're looking at the scripture differently that, that Bishop gave us. And it all has to do with rest. Amen. So I'm going to read it. Please follow along with your eyes. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the path for his name, along the right path, I'm sorry, for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And may the Lord bless that word that we just heard. May he sanctify it to our hearts, and may we have it with us all week. Amen. Now, the question is, or was, what do certain people have in common? And so today, as you know, by way of review, Bishop said that the word for the agape and the uh, action for agape from the Lord for this year is to rest, is to rest. And we talked about keeping a Sabbath and we were challenged that we're supposed to take at least 10 minutes every day and uh, come away from our work. We learned last week and just rest in the Lord. And we can do something that has nothing to do with our work. But we learned last week that the word Sabbath that we are to keep this year is has two meanings with it. It comes from the derivative in Hebrew of two words, Shabbat, 
which is to simply stop your work and admire it. Or you look at it like God did in Genesis when he created the heaven and earth. He looked and he saw that it was good, but then he rested. He didn't stay there. He rested. And what we found out is in the rest, he was sitting and abiding with his creation of mankind and womankind. And we found that there are two words, Shabbat being the stopping of the work. But then the other part is the new ark. New ark. It's like N-E-W-H, like hawk without the H, new ark, which means he abides with you. And God is calling us to a place where we can abide as we sit from our work. Amen. It's not the same as going into a Bible study and getting all the right words and catching up on, on some assignment that you've been meaning to do or a devotional that you've been meaning to do because you needed to present it. This is your time coming apart from him. And so today, Agape, when I ask you, what do all those people have in common? I'm going to take a little bit of the slow but not too slow walk to get to that answer. And when we look at Cinderella, we're going to look at each person and then we're going to land where we're going to land. Amen. When we look at Cinderella, I am particularly uh, impressed. And one of my favorites is Zena, my daughter Zena. And at the time when she was younger, Giovanna used to love to look at this particular Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. And in that, there's a song that Cinderella sang. Cinderella, as you know, for those of you who don't know, is a fictional young lady <clears throat> who lived with her stepmother and stepsisters. And after her father died, who had married this woman and her kids, uh, they made her their servant. And the reason her name was, her name was Ella, but they called her Cinderella because they kept her in the kitchen or wherever they kept her away from them cleaning. And when they didn't need her, she was to be away from them. And so she found herself sitting in a chair by herself. And she said, in my own little corner, in my own little chair, I can be whatever I want to be. Anybody familiar with that song from Cinderella? She was in her little corner and then she would go into, I can be this, I can be that, and the world will open its arms to me. And then she would go through a whole litany of things she could be, imagination. And then she would say, uh, when things get too tough, then I'm glad to be back in my own little corner, all alone in my own little chair. So she had what we're going to call space. She had a certain amount of space that was just for her. So we know what Cinderella's was. I had a conversation around Christmas time with Deacon T and she said, <clears throat> we are going to create an area that's just for Zori. Zori is going to have her own space with her own things where she can play, where she can just do her. Whatever she wants to do, she has a little kitchen, she has a little slide. Now, I haven't seen her space, but she has her own space. Is that right, Deacon Tamika? Is that right, Mom Zaina? Yes, that's she right. She has her own space, just like Cinderella. But did you know that Luther, uh, who founded 
basically started the whole Lutheran uh, denomination. He had a mom who had a lot of kids. She had so many kids. She was like the old woman in the shoe. If you know that 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 uh little poem, there was an old lady who lived in a shoe, had so many children, didn't know what to do. Okay, well, she Luther was like that. And you know what she would do? She would sit in a chair while her kids were running around. She would take her apron and her dress and pull it up over her head to spend time with the Lord while her kids were running around. They knew when mommy had her apron up over her head, we don't bother her because she had her own space and area with the Lord. Now, I think, did I cover everybody there that had something in common? Well, no, I did not. For <laughs> I want to talk about, before I go to some of our favorites, I want to jump right in. So if somebody, I'm going to ask the professor, are you there, professor? I need you to read and tell us the story in 1 Kings verses 19. Verse, uh, not verses 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 through 8. 1 Kings 19, 5 through 8. Oh, okay, Bishop, will you take up, take over for the professor? I don't see him there. 1 Kings 19, 5, oh, there he is. First I'm sorry, Kings I'm sorry. First Kings 19, 5 through 8. First Kings, First Kings 19, 19 verses 5 through 8. Okay. That's Come on, phone. Speed up. Speed up. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. First Kings. Uh, there we go. Um, you said five, verse 5? Five? Yes. I mean, chapter 5? No, chapter 19, verses 5 through 8. First okay, Kings 19, 19 5 through 8. All right, 5 through 8. All right, here you go. I'm there. All right. Let's do the NIV. Okay. Um, okay. Then he lay down under a bush, under the bush, and fell asleep. And at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, then lay down. Again, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the uh, mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Um, yeah, he went to a cave. Uh, and spent the night. That verse 8? That's Thank verse, you, that verse 8. Oh, that's it? Yes. Yes, okay. and he was strengthened by that food. He traveled for 40 days. Did you read that? Verse 8. Um, yeah, he strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. Amen. Agape, word. When we talk about rest, Elijah is one of the prophets that shows us what it's like. By way of context and recap, just before this, Elijah had a, a battle, not a physical one. At, well, yeah, he did at the end, but he, he, where he was showing forth the power of God being mightier than Baal. And then he killed all the prophets of Baal. And for those of you who are um, just by way of a reminder, Baal was the demonic God. It was a false God that they were worshiped, that the other people were worshiping. 
in that land. And Elijah was, it was uh, Jezebel and Ahab who were Jews. Well, not Jezebel, but Ahab was one of God's chosen kings of Israel. And he allowed Jezebel, his wife, to bring in prophets of Baal, Baal worship, all of which were false gods against God Almighty, which were is the God of the Jews. So what happened was God raised up Elijah to go and to do battle, to tear down the, the mighty uh, prophets of Baal. And in this day and age, there are many prophets of Baal around. They may not look like it. They may not call themselves Baal, but anything that raises itself all, uh, up against God's teaching is a false prophet. Amen. We don't like some of the behaviors and things that are going on politically in the world. And we really want to kind of be um, sympathetic, sympathizers with their cause. But agape, anything that raises itself up against what God says is sin, against what God says is wrong, is a bell type worship. It's an idolatry. Idolatry, idolatry type of worship. And that's a hard saying, but it's a true saying. Amen. And so we find this prophet Elijah and just a side point, Bishop, and those that we call prophets, he had to stand alone. You know a true prophet because they stand alone. It wasn't like there were 10 Baal false prophets and 10 uh, uh, God's prophets. It was Elijah standing there. Why am I telling you that? Because Elijah had a big battle and he was one man that stood for what the Lord was telling him to say. And they were saying that their God was greater, that their God was greater than his God. And he asked the Lord to come. You'll find all of this in the previous, in, in uh, 1 Kings 18, you'll find the battle that went on and how the Lord, how Elijah asked the Lord to do certain supernatural things to show it. And then God knocked down their idol of Baal. He just not, it just fell, bam. And it was a big, heavy thing. But this isn't a lesson on that particular story. So I'm kind of skipping over it. But just to let you know that Elijah had to not only stand against these false prophets and show that his God was God, and they had to acknowledge that Elijah's God was God because they did. That wasn't the end of it where they walked away and said, okay, you're right. They were killed. The prophet of God had to literally kill them. That was a mighty, mighty work he had to do, but they died. And then Elijah, realizing that I am only one person after all that mighty work, he was weary. He had done his work but he was weary and he was discouraged because he knew that Queen Jezebel who had opened the door for all of this was after him, this one man. And so he ran and he went under a tree. The name of the tree was the broom tree, which is we know as the juniper tree. Now, why am I telling you that? Because whether we know it or not, he was taking a rest. It wasn't the kind of rest where he was dividing. Oh, look at the great work I've done. Let me take my rest. But he needed the new all. He needed God to come and tabernacle with him. Sometimes when we are doing our Sabbath, 
We need God to come close and just abide with us, to tabernacle with us. We need him to nuark with us in our Sabbath. And this is what we see as an example with Elijah. He had his own space carved out. Did he say to himself, oh, let me get me a Sabbath? No, he just, his body just took him there. The Lord led him there. And as we read, he was under a tree. Now, before I talk to you about the tree, we want to talk about what did God do? How did God uh, tabernacle with him? The Bible says that the angel of the Lord came and did what? Fed him. Gave him food to physically strengthen him. Agape, did you know that when you start doing your Sabbath and when you start um, taking your rest, God will come and tabernacle with you and he will strengthen you physically as well as emotionally, as well as spiritually. One thing we need to know about Sabbath is it is not about having to do a Bible study per se, a thematic Bible study, but it is all about getting into your word or listening to music that glorifies and exemplifies the Lord to do something for your spirit. When we come together for service on Sundays and when we sing the beautiful praise songs and we get into it and we find ourselves lifting holy hands and we find ourselves praising the Lord, that is what he wants with you when we are not together. Not that he doesn't want it when we're here, but that's what he wants with us all the time. At first it feels weird. So agape, just like, Zori, Cinderella, just like Martin, let's not Martin Luther, just yeah, Martin Luther, Luther's mother, just like so many, God wants us to carve out a sacred space. Do you have a sacred space? What's a sacred space? Well, for Luther, it was under her apron. It doesn't have to be a room. It doesn't have to be a a uh, certain place it no it has to be a certain place that you carve out but it doesn't have to be a big space that's what i'm sorry that's what i'm really trying to say it doesn't have to be like that room don't go in there that's where i do my where i do it there was a movie that came out some years ago called the war room and in that movie uh one woman had a prayer closet and she went in there and had all kinds of prayer requests and stuff like that and that was her war room. That's what she called it because that's where she did business with the Lord praying for other people. That was her space, her sacred space for prayer. Now, if you have a war room, it's not just for prayers for you to come and sit and be with the Lord and allow him to tabernacle with you. So we're looking at Elijah who ran under a tree in his discouragement and he was just weak and broken down after all that he had just done and standing up for the Lord, standing up for the power of God. And what do we see in that, in there? We see that one, he ran under a tree called the broom tree. Here's some facts about the juniper tree. It's also known as the juniper tree. It's best known for its qualities of shade. Did you know that sometimes we need to just be sheltered? We need sometimes just to have some comfort. The bright burning sun and the hot temperatures, we just need to be where it's cool, where our body can kind of restore itself physically. 
It's also known for its fragrant and lasting embers. The, the way that the beautiful flowers hang over brings an aroma. When you're creating your sacred space, when you're creating that little space you have where it's just you and God, where he is new walking with you, where he is in your Sabbath, where he's abiding with you, just being with you, not necessarily giving you a prophetic word at that second, but just sitting in his presence, getting his peace as he restores you where you need it, whether it's a physical thing, whether it's an emotional thing, whether it's a thing where you just need to rest and fall asleep and nap for a minute. Did you know that the atmosphere that God creates for you is a sweet smelling fragrance? Do you know that the Bible says that our praises, he, he inhabits our praises as a sweet smelling fragrance. But did you know that when you're in your sacred space that you created for just, just like a, a Deacon T saying, just you and me, it's just you and me. I live to worship you and we're just, it's nobody but just you and me in that sacred space, that sacred space, God will give you the fragrance, his fragrance of a sweet smelling savor. And I know that a lot of us have used colognes, perfume. Doesn't it make you feel good when you smell something that smells good? Makes you smile and makes you feel good just to feel a little fresh. God is that sweet smelling fragrance. And that's what the juniper tree was for prophet Elijah. And it had beautiful white blooms. So you know, God only knows how to give you beautiful things. He only knows how to give you beautiful things. All of this is in your sacred space. It was a tree of rest, renewal, and hope for Elijah. And then God himself came down close to prophet Elijah through the angel of God who came and actually fixed him food. And you know what? It was just what he needed. It was bread, it was water, and it was so much. I see where it was a bountiful amount. It wasn't just a piece of a crust of bread and a little glass of water because he went to sleep and had to wake up and finish eating. Did you, did you peep that? If you look at that, he didn't eat it all at one time. It was that much, but he was so, he, Prophet Elijah was so exhausted that he went back to sleep. And what I love is when you go into your sacred space, Elijah's showing us with the Lord and the Lord restores your strength. He restores your soul. Psalm 23, he restores, he restores, he restores, he renews, he renews, he renews your soul. Then he told him what he had to do next. He said, you need to do more because your next journey, you are not going to be able to make it. And I believe the Bible says he was 40 days and 40 nights. Am I right about it? as he went elsewhere to do God's bidding. And he was tired, y'all. Anybody ever feel just, I just feel tired. I just, I just feel tired. I hear you, Pastor G, but I'm just tired. You find your rest in your sacred space. You find your rest in your sacred, sacred space. I got passed out by to tell you that the Lord is encouraging us as we start to develop and really fine-tune and really experience on a daily basis our Sabbath rest, our Sabbath and taking a rest that we start recognizing we needed to carve out a sacred space, a sacred space. 
That's my challenge to you today. Do you have a place that's sacred? So I looked up the word sacred. Now I've always used the word sacred to mean something special. But did you know that according to Rabbi Google, sacred means, and the Oxford Dictionary, sacred means connected with God. It's something that is worthy of honor that has to do with God. Now, of course, they go on to say, or little gods, depending on whatever religion you are, but for agape's purposes, it is that space that's set apart just for you and God, just you and me, Lord. And it can be anything. It can be any kind of space. It does not have to be large, but it's where you and the Lord do business. And what do we do in that sacred space? Sometimes we just have to be. But did you know that's a good time for those that like to journal to journal? You can journal anything. You can journal how you feel. You can journal how you feel about God. It's a time when you can listen to your music and you can praise the Lord. Because I note that when we are together in corporate worship, we are all feeling something from the words, from the lyrics of the music that we're singing. We're feeling some kind of an experience. Do you have a Spotify or do you have a tape where you can just put it on in your time of Shabbating, your time of walking with the Lord? And both of those are Sabbath words. In your time of resting in the Lord, do you have that where you can just sit quietly and listen and just let your spirit man get filled on just being reminded of who God is? Not, I got to do and I got to say, I got to learn this verse. I'm growing in the Lord. Look at me. I'm really getting it now. But just mm -hmm. a time of you and the Lord, however it needs to be. Sometimes we don't understand why things in our life are happening. And we really can't figure out why. It's nothing we did wrong. It, 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 the Lord knows that we really don't need that in our life right now, that issue, that problem, that mishap. You can talk to the Lord about it in your sacred place. You can talk to the Lord about it. We all need the spirit of God to help us, to like, like taking care of us and sweep us clean. We all need it. It's a time to repent. But it's also a time where you can be honest with the Lord and just say to the Lord, I, I'm kind of upset, Lord. Why did you let that happen? You know that there, God says, command ye me. God says that in his word. You can ask him anything. You don't have to sit on the side of, well, this is my Sabbath and I'm supposed to do it, so I don't want to say anything. You can say anything to the Lord. That's called, we talked about it being your intimacy. That's your growing intimacy. But in your safe, sacred space, you're like Cinderella. In my own little corner, in my own little chair, I can talk to the Lord and be whatever I want to be. Anything that I want to do, anything that I want to be. And the, while he was asleep, he, he in Elijah's case, he fell asleep. The angel of the Lord touched him. The angel of the Lord told him what he was going to do. And the Lord said, the Bible says he went in the strength of the touch of God. And the meal, the strengthening sustenance that God gave Elijah. 
Did you know he has that for you today? As Bishop told us at the beginning of the year, there is a rest that he has in place for us where he's waiting for us to come to him. He has an angel ready to give us the bread of life that we need. He has an, and we know Jesus is that bread of life, but he has the word that we need. He has, we can create what we need to hear from him. We can journal, listen to music. Yes, we can talk to the Lord about prayer. We can talk to the Lord about our concerns about something. Lord, I'm just worried about my child. I'm worried about the course that they're taking. Lord God, you promised me that all my children would be taught of the Lord and great would be the peace of my children, but this is happening. Or Lord God, like Sister Symphony was saying, a trauma in her life. Lord God, this trauma is trying to overtake me. It shows its ugly little head. It triggers at different times. Lord God, I need these triggers to, to dissipate. Lord, I need you to do something for me that I can move on and not let that be an albatross always re ready to rear its ugly head. Whatever it is, that's your sacred time with the Lord. That's your spot. That's your thing. In, a, in the Fagan's household, we all have plain chairs. This is my chair. This is my chair. This is where I sit to watch television. But did you know God invites us to claim a space that's just him and you? I wanted to share with you that as I was looking at that and I was thinking, yes, Lord, we need space. We need a space. What space am I going to have for just for the Lord? Where in this house can I have it? But did you know that if I'm going to take 10 minutes a day to just have a Sabbath, I'm not at home. So where's my sacred space? Well, I'm going to ask if Bishop will turn to Genesis 5 and read verses 21 to 24. Genesis 5, 21 to 24. Hallelujah. When Enoch had lived 65 years, is that correct? Yes. He became the father of Methuselah. Mm -hmm. What? After he became the father of Methuselah, mm -hmm. Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Mm -hmm. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. What did Enoch do, Bishop? He, he walked with God. Ah, that's it. And that's it. He walked with God. Did you know that your sacred space could be in the walk with God? You take 10 minutes and walk with God and let him minister to you. You know, I never thought about it before. God, faith, Bishop, I never thought about that before. But did you know that Enoch, a way of creating sacred space for God, babe, is just a walk with God. Uh, I believe it's our professor who said, I love the outdoors. I just love it out there. Walking with God and just communing with him and listening to him. It's like, I'm going to take us back a little bit. It's like when you're dating somebody and, and you're first getting to know them and you take a walk in the park and you're holding hands and, you know, you're just kind of, kind of being quiet a little bit, feeling each other out. You know, Penn's Landing, Evangelist Vegas, and um, the Fairmount Park, and 
just walking and just being quiet. Well, did you know that your sacred space can be with God, just taking a walk and joining? How many Enochs do we have here? We may not have lived as long as Enoch did, but, you know, Enoch was doing it for a mighty long time, wasn't he? He didn't just walk with God 10 minutes a day. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says he, he how long he lived. Enoch is described as one who walked with God. He walked with him. He walked back and forth with God. He talked to God and he enjoyed his presence. I would, I would venture to say with all those kids and everything and all those years that if him and his wife ever had an argument, he probably said, I'm taking a walk. <laughs> I'm going to take a walk. And he just walked with God, listening and talking and praising. You want to be strengthened and your understanding of taking the Sabbath rest? How about walking it out? Hallelujah. When we look at Psalm 23, especially the bottom verses of Psalms 23, um, when he says that he leadeth me, let me just get it, Lord. Psalms 23, when God says, when David said, we already saw that God prepared a table for Elijah in verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of his enemies, of all of those Baal worshipers. He said, you anoint my head with oil till my cup overflows. And you know what? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'm telling you that when you're walking with God, I'm talking about a physical walk now, Agape. When you're walking with God, this is what you can count on. God is not a man that he should lie. And, and even though um, above that in verse four, when, when the psalmist says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. A lot of times what draws us to taking that walk with God and what draws us to running to our secret place, our sacred place with God is the fact that there's some kind of, of problem, some dark, overwhelming circumstance but i stop by to tell you it doesn't have to always be that be the only time you go you have your space you take your walks and now let your walks be a time of new walk a time of abiding with god letting him walk with you and talk to you and you listening you just walking sometimes for me rev g depending on the way that uh the facility where i work is the hills are so much that I'm focused on getting up the hill. <sighs> I'm getting so sore. But you know, there are, you can sit and walk for a little bit and just sit and commune in God's nature with God. Don't like it outside, it's cold. Then you can have a sacred space inside, somewhere where it's just you and him. Amen. And then I'm going to ask if someone, I'm going to ask, Deacon Cain, if you will read Psalm 119, 164. We have one more person that we want to talk about today, and his name is King David. What did King David do with his sacred space? Psalm 119, verse 164. Seven. That's the longest book uh -huh. in song. Oh. Okay, 
Okay, which bird? 164. 164. Isn't that something? Okay. Seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous laws. How many times a day did, did David praise the Lord? And Seven. For him? Seven times a day. Bishop told us just 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. But David, he was so in love with the Lord that seven times a day he praised him for his righteous ways. And therefore, Agape, that implies to me that he didn't necessarily go to one stationary place, but he had, he created sacred place wherever he was, whether it was walking, whether it was in his chambers. Maybe he did stay in his chambers different times. He would go back there. We don't know. The Bible is not telling us. But he knows that seven times a day, it was just him and the Lord. Because if that's the case, we all can say we pray all day long. I mean, you go outside and you almost call, oh, Lord Jesus, lift me up. Help me, Lord. Get in your car. Oh, Lord Jesus, please protect me. And then you're going somewhere and you see something happening. Oh, Lord, please help those people. So we can all say, oh, I pray. I pray a lot during the course of a day. But there's a difference between that and having that time where it's just you and me. God desires, Agape, that we come away, away with him and just really let him minister. And that does not mean we have to make reservations somewhere when we know we can't afford it. It just means creating sacred space. And that sacred space between you and the Lord is the same as your secret place. You don't have to tell anybody. You can. You can if you want to. You can say, when I go into this particular location, please don't disturb me till I come out, no matter what, no matter how much my phone is dinging and ringing and blinging. No matter how many people call you because they can't get me, you can do that. But also, you can have your secret space. You can have your secret place wherever you deem it to be that God is going to come and be with you. Amen. God says, the Lord says, I love you and I want you to come and be with me. In James 4, 8, he says, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. You want the Lord to come close? You want to see a change in your life? You want to feel something for the Lord that you just, you're just not feeling? I just can't feel it. Give him a chance. Create a sacred space and invite him in. Just you and me. That's what makes it sacred. God related and nobody can penetrate it. But in your own little corner, in your own little sacred space, in your own little world, you can be whatever you want to be in God's presence. You can hear him. You can see him. And when I challenge you, you watch for people who have that kind of space that's all their own. You have to be invited in. And I'm encouraging you to invite the Lord Jesus Christ in. Invite him into your life. But please, 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 Agape, let us start working on how we're going to do the Sabbath. And you know, just by way of reminder, Time for you to find us again. in Colossians to not let another person judge us for when and how we do the Sabbath. Did you know that? That it's not about, yeah, I keep, you talk to some people who really believe that you've got to keep the Sabbath a certain way, sundown on one day, the sun up on another day. 
But Paul said in Romans also that each day is a light. And you create your Sabbath for you. And that is what the Lord would have us to do. That is what Bishop shared with us. And that is what we are unfolding as this year comes, uh, continues to unfold in and of itself. I'm telling you, Agape, God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves Agape. He's keeping us together. He's making us cohesive. Even though a physical building has caused us not to be able to touch each other on a, a weekly basis in the flesh, God is allowing us to touch each other in the spirit because he's here and he's showing us that he really, really, really is here. He doesn't need a physical presence, a physical body to do what he's going to do. All he needs is our heart. Will you allow him to come and draw close to you, to Newark with you in your Sabbath? Will you allow him to just be with you? You're going to find that as we do that, God is going to draw nigh to us as we draw nigh to him. And we're going to have the kind of peace that passes all understanding. In Psalm 91, God said, he who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, and we're going to go back real quick and look at Elijah. He dwelled in the secret place. He dwelled under that broom tree, that juniper tree, and it gave him shade, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He said, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, and God whom I trust. Did you know that when you do that, your trust in God will start to elevate, you'll start to recognize, I can trust the Lord. He really is going to come through for me. The Bible says he surely will save you. Another thing we can do in our secret place is just read the scripture to God. Read the psalm back to him. Read some of David's praise songs. You know, I'm going to ask you one question and I'm going to ask you to think about it. Do you think when David was writing all these psalms, it was during uh, a Sabbath? his personal Sabbath and rest or do you think he was writing on while he was at battle while he was fighting the enemy do you think he was writing psalms then you think he had somebody beside him write this kill 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 write that let me shoot him no he was writing it when he came away from the work amen he was writing it in his personal Sabbath and now we can look at these psalms and he was reflecting on how God had come through for him can you reflect on how God's come through for you? A lot of us don't like to talk uh, if we don't have to, to share our testimony out loud in front of others, but you can share it with God. Those that like to write, you can journal. You can try your hand at some poetry. Nobody has to see it. It's your secret stuff between you and God, just you and him. Agape, I stop by to tell you today, create your sacred space because it's in that sacred, secret place that you're going to find your shelter, like Psalm 9. It's in that sacred, secret place that you're going to get your strength. You're going to get renewed. You're going to get refreshed. You're going to get everything you need to continue on. And if it comes down to it, God will even feed you physically. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you for your word today. And I pray, Lord God, that something that I've said, something that I've challenged will help us, Lord, to really be motivated to create our sacred space 
our secret place where we and you alone come together and meet with you, where you can really get as close to us as you want to, as you can really new walk with us. Lord, You, there's a reason you said Sabbath to us this year and you connected it to the fact that you're going to restore some things. You're going to restore our relationships. You're going to restore our physical church. You're going to restore, Amen. Lord God, things inside of us that we have to deal with, Lord God, that we thought was gone and done. But you're going to, Lord, bring it up so that you can restore restore us to the place you want to have us to because lord we know that the final restoration is when we see you face to face so we thank you lord god for allowing us this time to have a sabbath help us lord to not take it for granted help us lord god and show us what all of our sacred spaces would look like that we like that juniper tree would have a nice fragrance it would be beautiful and it would be somewhere where we could sleep and rest and reflect. I give you the praise, glory, and honor due unto your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Am